I'd say from my end, there wasn't a big difference. You know, it's just the fact that you're looking out on um, fewer people, of course, people wearing all matching masks, which is a bit weird, but by this point, we're all used to it, I'd say, if you've been preaching. Hi, and welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 121. I'm your host, Mike Neglia. Our episode this week is about weddings. Some of us, myself and Nick Katie amongst them, have begun the kind of slow, careful, cautious process of officiating weddings once again. And so this episode, um, <laughs> this episode spans about eight months because the first half of it was recorded in January when we were together in Austria. And the second half of this interview uh, was recorded over Zoom uh, a few days ago. Uh, and so in the beginning of the year, we talk about performing weddings and preaching at weddings in an ideal situation, the normal life that we used to have. And then now we have a follow-up where we speak about uh, what everyone is calling the new normal. And so Nick did a wedding last week. I'm doing a wedding this week. And so we're just speaking about that. And if you're in our situation or are heading into our situation, hopefully you can learn from what we have to say back and forth. And if you listen all the way to the end, my daughter even chimes in and I do a little interview with her about how to be a good flower girl. So we've got all the bases covered here on the Expositors Collective podcast. So I hope that this episode and that all that we do helps you to grow in your personal study and your public proclamation of God's word. At a wedding, through a mask, on a regular Sunday service, or anything else, we want God's word to faithfully be communicated. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast. This is Nick Cady, and I am here with Mike Neglia. Whoa. Hi. Hi. We switched spots, didn't we? I am I am the interviewee today. How does it feel? I, I, I haven't. This is my first time ever being interviewed for anything. So, wow. Yep. You've done so much interviewing. Yep. Wow. Yep. Well, we, it's my, my, my strategy for gaining fame in the world <laughs> is just by finding interesting people and asking them questions Not a bad on strategy. tape. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's make sure this isn't the last time. It's because... <laughs> I want to hear about your first sermon, but not right now. Okay. Okay. Some other time. Yeah. We're here to talk about weddings. Yeah. Yeah. A hyper-specialized deep dive, deep dive episode on wedding sermons. Yep. So you have done some weddings recently. Yeah. Lots. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about them. Well, I've, um, I pastor a church that is predominantly young people. I'm in a college city. A lot of people meet, fall in love and get married. And I get to officiate a lot of weddings. Mm -hmm. Um, I've officiated a lot of weddings and very few funerals, mm. and that's a segue into our next deep dive special episode. Can't wait. Where I get to interview you about funerals. All right. But um, yeah, I just think that to be, to be asked to officiate someone's wedding is, on the one hand, it's a legal requirement, <laughs> but at the same time, it's a, it's a great honor to be asked to, to stand next to them on one of the most important days of their life, um, to, to be in the background of their wedding photos. 
that they're going to hang in their house for decades to come. It's a great honor. And of course, it's a great opportunity to like address a whole room full of people that are more than likely never going to come to my church mm. and be able to speak the good news of the gospel to them. So that's why I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah what do you think first... is unique about wedding preaching as opposed to obviously Sunday morning? Well, okay, what's, what's unique is um, no one's there because they want to hear a sermon. Um, there, there could be Christians that are there in the room and they might be looking forward to it. But even the godliest Christian does not get dressed and come to the venue to hear what Pastor Mike has to say. You know, they're there to celebrate the couple. And so um, the sermon where we're used to on Sundays or Wednesdays or whatever, having that be a real pride of place or a real prominence. Main event. Main yeah, event. this is not the main event. Um, people are going to politely listen to you and just wait until they could see their friends kiss <laughs> in public. And that's that's kind of the main event. So what's different about it is it's not the main event. And so it needs to be shorter. It needs to be um, pithy. It needs to be to the point. It should be Bible-based, but you're not going to be saying, now open your Bibles to Romans 6. No one's going to turn in the Bibles anywhere. Mm. Nobody has Bibles. So um, read the Bible passage, talk about it, explain it, make it very personal. These are some of the ways that it's different than a Sunday morning sermon. Yeah. So, okay. One question. How do you go about presenting the gospel? Hmm. Well, I have, I, on the one hand, I think it's quite clear um, marriage, Ephesians 5 says, is a picture of the gospel that God, to some degree, brings men and women together as a microcosm or as a reflection of like his bigger plan of bringing heaven and earth together. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's an easy place to go. But then if we're talking about like love, there's sacrificial love, there's devoted, caring love. And from whatever passage of the Bible you're speaking on, you're talking about this love being commitment they're making towards each other. And then from there, it's a very easy step to say, but, you know, my friends, and you say their name, Shane, Sophie, mm -hmm. Ashley, Harrison, you know, I'm calling you to sacrificial committed love, but I'm also calling you to look to the ultimate sacrificial lover, the Lord Jesus, who gave himself in commitment to you for you. So like, those are ways that I can do that. Um, so it doesn't necessarily mean that you read Ephesians 5 and do an exegesis of Ephesians chapter 5. But as you talk about the loving commitment that's required in marriage, from there, it's a very short step to the loving, uh, sacrificial love of Christ. Yeah, and I assume that if they're asking you to do it, yes. that means that they know you're a pastor. They know that you are not just a pastor, but a certain type of pastor. That's right. Who preaches the gospel. Yeah. And that probably means that they're either wanting you to, or they're at least open to you doing it. What, what I do, because I, I meet with a couple, you know, multiple times often beforehand. Well, there's the premarital counseling or there's those types of things. But then also I have one meeting where it's just, we're actually going to plan a service together. Mm -hmm. And then in there, I actually, I always ask them, would you like me to present the gospel? Oh, really? I always ask them. And they always say yes. That's funny. <laughs> I actually don't ask them. Is that I, right? I tell them. Really? Yeah. I actually tell people, especially because I'll have people who want to do it who aren't necessarily coming to our church, okay. but they're connected somehow. Yeah. And maybe family members. And I'll tell them, hey, if you want me to do your wedding, you need to understand that I'm a gospel preacher yeah. and I'm going to do this. Really? Yeah. Huh. Maybe different contexts. I'm, you know, where I am, Christianity is this minority yeah. religion. And not that, you know, the... 
here in America, it's slightly different. It's cultural expectations. Sure. So yeah, I always I always ask them, and thus far, I've always gotten a yes. Wow. I don't know what I would do if I got a no. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's a. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so even even kind of doing that, um, there's been times actually, not the most recent wedding, but where I've where I've said, you know, and you know what. This, you know, this couple, I say their names, they really want you to know this. Mm. And it's a wonderful thing. I'm speaking on behalf of the couple. Yeah. And, and then I'm able to make, you know, a very brief, a very brief mention of the, the gospel invitation of yeah. Jesus. And how, how does the altar call usually go? <laughs> well, it's usually the opposite. Everyone, yeah. the people, the bride and the groom leave the altar, <laughs> followed by the bridesmaids and groomsmen. Right. Yeah. No raising of hands. Not at all. No. That's okay. not the place no for standing? it. No, no what, okay. I, what, I often, what I often do on weddings, I usually have a really good chat with one or two people after the service. All right. Yep. And that's, that's, that's what I look forward to. That's how I see the gospel connecting is I, I go, I do a good short message. We'll talk about that maybe later. It's got to be short, a short presentation where you really express, A, that you love these couple and that they love each other and that we're loved by a loving God. And then I talk about it a little bit. And then afterwards, um, I always get somebody that comes up and says, you know, uh, pastor, that was really great. I've never heard a sermon like that before. And they want to talk about it. The most recent wedding that I did, a guy actually, he worked at a coffee shop right around the corner from my office. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm going to see David and I'm, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to come in. We're going to get coffee and talk about this more. And he's like, yeah, I'd love if you did. That's, that's great. And that's the goal. You know, well, that's yeah. not the goal. The goal is a lot of things really, but, yeah. but I want to have those conversations afterwards. And that's one of the reasons why too, you know, I don't want to just do the ceremony and then leave. Mm. I want to stick around for free drinks. I want to stick yeah. around for the chats. I want to be there for like the banter and for those types of connections. So yeah. no altar call, but conversation okay. afterwards. So you've used the word short a few times. That's I think right. that seems important to you. Yes. Um, at the last wedding that I did, um, during the dinner, I stayed for the dinner, um, the people that I was sitting with, they were telling me about their weddings, you know, decades ago. And two of Thomas and Linda, they said that when they got married, their sermon went for about an hour. Wow. And um, Mark and Lorna, they said, oh, yeah, us too. When we got married, our sermon was an hour. And it was because this is Ireland. This is a minority religion. Um, and they were so excited that their friends and relatives were coming. They they told the pastor, we want you to preach the gospel. Yeah. And the pastor, whose churches were probably about 15 or 20 people, all of a sudden has this captive audience of hundreds. Okay. And just told the whole Bible story. Yeah. And uh, someone was saying that they, he was watching the video of his service. And then he just kind of fast forwarded through the sermon because it was so. With the connection. That's fine. <laughs> There's no Wi-Fi here at this castle. And so he, he watched people during the sermon get up, walk out, went to the pub around the corner, had a drink, came back, and he was still preaching. Wow. So, okay. so long. So disrespectful so, of their time. Okay. So that's why not to do it. One of the reasons why. Okay. I mean, because again, no one's coming for a sermon. They're coming because they want to see their relatives or their friends get married. You want to honor them by giving a short, timely, well-presented message. And let's just say if it's outside at certain times of the oh. year, that's either going to be really cold or it can be really hot. I know in Colorado... I did a wedding one time outside in July. Yes. I did it on my iPad. My iPad got so hot oh, no. that it shut off. Wow. I was without notes. Yes. And <laughs> learned a lesson there, print my notes. And, um, but, you know, everybody's getting a sunburn. So if you preach for an hour, everybody's yeah. getting really sunburned. Yeah. I mean, that's one of like 
2,000 reasons not to do it. Yeah. And at the same table, not to go on this too long, uh, another another couple, um, uh, they, they said their sermon was about 15 minutes, but it felt like an hour mm. because the pastor preached on the woman at the well and how she had been married previously, but but Jesus still cared for her. And this was that woman's second marriage. Oh. And he just wanted to just really yeah. to say, even though you've been married before, I want you to know, don't feel unloved. Jesus right. loves you. Wow. Which is so yeah. cringy. Awkward. So cringy. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, how long do you think is appropriate? For me, a page and a half. So that that's about 15 minutes. Okay. So at 15 minutes, that could even be a little on the long side. So speaking of cringy wedding sermons, I have my own story. It was a 45-minute sermon really? on um, Hagar. No, I'm sorry, not on Hagar. Uh, Gomer and Hosea. Really? And uh, this is the one line I remember, that just as Hosea was faithful to his prostitute wife, so this man will be faithful oh to his. To, oh. And I was thinking about this girl's dad. Yeah. Like sitting there listening to this and probably not a believer. Sure. And just like, what is going on here? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. same as same as the one of the well story. It's it's a true story and there's true principles, but like it's just not the time. Yeah. So tactfulness Absolutely. is important. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you, here's another question. Do you do the same sermon every time? No, I don't. Um, I let the couple pick a passage. And say, if there's something that's significant to you, if there's a verse that's meaningful to you, you let me, you know, give me like two weeks notice and I'll prepare something for it. And what I have more often than not is people say, oh, yeah, Mike, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So I I have that. Or people will say 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. And uh, yeah, it's not actually about romantic love, but uh, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I also teach a passage which isn't about romantic love most of the time. Yeah. Although I do, I do let them choose a passage. But even if they choose a passage, I, I end up kind of sticking to the same right? same key points. Yeah. But uh, the the passage I tend to use is from Colossians chapter three. Yeah. It's kind of my favorite on that. Topic. Yeah. How about vows? How do you go about vows? Do you let them write their own vows? Do you encourage that? Do you discourage it? Um, I don't encourage it. But if people want to, then then I'll let them. And the past two weddings that I've done have been incredibly well-written vows. I think there's a lot of resources online probably these days that help people write them, I think. Yeah. Because they, they're really good. Either that or they're really in love <laughs> and really poetic. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the traditional vows are really good mm. for a couple of different reasons. A, they're well-written. They're, they encompass more than people when they write their own vows usually think. And then also, I think it's a nice thing, too, that like those are the vows that like their parents probably said to each other. Yeah. And it's it's kind of nice, too, as I'm reading those traditional vows out, like people in the room have also made those same commitments to other people. Mm. So I, I like that. But at the same time, too, I'm not going to forbid somebody from writing their own vows. Yeah. So I read a book by Sam Albury, and I don't I don't actually remember which book it was. Okay. And he said that he used to let people write their own vows and stop. Is that right? And the reason is because he said that a lot of times when people write their own vows, the vows are about love for each other. Mm. Whereas he said, if you look at the traditional vows, um, they are about making a vow unto God. All right. Now, I think you can keep that and still write your own vows as long as you keep that focus. But ever since I read that, I have actually taken that approach where I really recommend to people Let's stick with the traditional ones mm. just for the sheer sake of that you're making a vow unto God. My goodness. I actually have some vows right here. Because really? this, I, I have this, this, uh, 
this uh, notebook, this Lecterm 1917 notebook. Wow. And this is my notebook for the year. And so I have my wedding ceremonies in there. And uh, the bride, she read this and then she handed it to me and I put it in here. Hmm. And what would you say they're more directed? This is a vow to her husband. Um, I promise to love you and trust you as you do this. I promise I will do this to you. Yep. You know, there's there's references to God in here, but these are not vows to God. Yeah. I guess I don't want to come out and be like, that's bad. Yes, it's, it's certainly not. Yeah, that's but, uh, pretty good. It's a great thing that she's promising to do. But I think that um, I, I really appreciated Sam's wanting to emphasize people to people that they're making this vow unto God as wow. well. So. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's good. Well, Mike, thanks for letting me interview you. One more thing. Okay. Two more things. Number one, um, if you're preaching a wedding sermon, and this is so hyper-focused, this is going to be one of our least listened to. I bet it's not going to be listened to much on the day it was released. People will probably scroll back and find it yeah. when they need to. So if that's you, hey, man, we're rooting for you. <laughs> yeah. um, here, here, here's what you should do. Number one, um, get a clip-on mic. I, I think a clip-on mic is good because you're going to be holding a book you want to be gesturing. I find it'd be very hard to be holding a book and a microphone. I find that kind of awkward. So I always try to get a, a clip on microphone. That depends on what the church or the venue has, but I think ask for it. And then number two, say their names as much as possible yeah. throughout it. As you're, if, if you're only preaching the sermon, say their names a bunch of times in the sermon. If you're leading the whole service, say their names a bunch of times, you know, say, you know, again, um, Sophie, Shane, and you say those names a bunch. And then even during the sermon, you can address the crowd and say, you know, this is really important for Sophie and Shane. Da, 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 da. And then as you address them and Sophie, you know, God is saying this to you and Shane, you know, God calls you to this. So saying their names like ad nauseum almost. Are you preaching the sermon to them or to the to the gathered crowd? Yes. yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm preaching the sermon to the room. Yeah. And my most recent one, I had definite times where I, um, I talked over them to the crowd. Mm -hmm. And I even, I knew that there were 200 people there. A hundred people were not Christians in the room. Um, the whole, uh, Shane is the only Christian in his family. And so he had a hundred relatives behind him. And I tried to address them and to say, okay, we're going to be looking through this verse in the Bible. It's actually printed in your bulletins. So why don't you, if you want to, you can look there. And um, I, I kind of explain a little bit of what I'm going to do. And then I talk to them and then I would look up and talk to them. So it's, it's kind of the room. Yeah. So, so yes, I'm talking to the room. Yeah. Great. Okay. Hey, Mike, thanks for letting us interview you. And uh, I'm going to interview you in a minute. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. All right. And hey, good luck with the wedding, guys. Or God bless you with the wedding. Welcome to uh, the bonus content, the updated content. This is Mike and Nick talking about weddings, uh, part two. So uh, we recorded the first half, Nick. When was that? Was that January or February? It was January. Yeah. It was pre-COVID. That's all that I know. Yeah. So we, yeah, had we heard that there was something out there, but we didn't take it very seriously at that point. No, no, we didn't. So we recorded, we sat down and we recorded two episodes together, like back to back. Um, first, I think I interviewed you about funerals and then you interviewed me about weddings. And then yep. we have broadcast the funeral one and we haven't up until today 
broadcast the wedding one because I mean, kind of in a grim, grim statement, so we both kind of agree mm-hmm. people are probably going to be doing a lot more funerals than weddings. So we'll hold off on that. Yeah. But but now it's wedding season. But now people are doing weddings again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just saw on Twitter last night that you did a wedding and, and I've got a wedding coming up in like two days time. So we thought, let's just do a nice bookend, you know, um, let's close the chiastic structure on this and come back to, man, I love being able to say chiastic structure and people know what I mean. (laughs) Um, Hey, so how was your wedding yesterday? What, what was it like? What'd you do? Uh, it was great. You know, uh, all in all, it was great. So, you know, a lot of preparation went into this wedding and in this particular place where we had the wedding, it's a place where it's really hard to get a date. So these guys had been planning this for over a year. They thought about canceling it, um, decided to move ahead. So there were some things that weren't what they had hoped for and that were definitely restrictions. Um, But I'd say like we could start at the beginning, you know, for a few months now, I've been doing premarital counseling with them. It's been all over Zoom. So we hadn't seen each other in person. And I don't know about you, Mike, but there's been this weird dynamic for me where it's like I've been seeing people on Zoom. And then when I see them in person, sometimes they're really excited to see me in person because they're like, I haven't seen you in a long time. But I don't have that feeling of like a long lost person because I feel like I've been seeing them all the time, even though I haven't actually. But uh, we'd been doing this premarital counseling online over Zoom for about two months. And then we did the wedding and the wedding... Uh, the one big difference was that the number of people were really limited. So in the county we're in here, it was limited to 50 people for any gatherings, including church gatherings. So that, that included this wedding. So originally this was supposed to be a wedding of 200 people and it was cut down to 50. And so that meant that a lot of people, uh, even people who were local here couldn't attend who they really wanted to have here. And they might do something else later on, but um, just what it was, um, you know, as, as we do with church as well, we didn't wear masks, anybody on stage. So that meant uh, bridesmaids, groomsmen didn't wear masks. I didn't wear a mask, uh, but everybody who was seated wore a mask. And one thing they did was that they handed out kind of like as, as party favors or kind of gift to everyone who came was they handed out masks for them to wear that all had the... Uh, bride and groom's name and their wedding day embroidered on them. So wow. yeah, something that I would have never imagined seeing <laughs> just a couple months ago. Now, was it the whole date? Like, did it say, you know, August 1st, 2020? Or is the yeah. 2020 kind of implied? <laughs> no one's going to forget <laughs> 2020. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was on there too, but you're right. <laughs> yeah. And did, did the guests put them on? Was, was Did you look out and see a sea of 50 matching face masks or did people yeah. save them for later? Yep, that's right. So they were wearing them and I think they wanted that for the optics for the camera. So, you know, um, it's just the time we live in. So they had everybody make sure to put it on. And uh, actually when, you, when we entered, you weren't allowed to enter. Even me as the minister, I wasn't allowed to enter until the... Um, we did at an Anglican church. And so the, I don't know who it was, but somebody who was responsible for the church took our temperature and wouldn't even let me in unless I passed. So I was getting a little bit nervous actually, but I passed. It was good. Uh, the temperature was okay. And uh, yeah, everybody was wearing the mask uh, for the photographer's sake as well. Man, man. And, and um, if you couldn't go in, 
like you are legally required for it to happen, right? Yeah, state of Colorado, you know, bunch of hippies out here. Like technically, nothing is required. You could actually just, um, you know, sign your paper and send it in. So right, okay. it didn't need to happen, but it certainly would have ruined the whole thing. Certainly, certainly. Well, I'm glad you're okay for lots of reasons. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. And then one more, that's, I feel so bad for the couple, like um, congratulations to the couple, if you're listening, well done, but you know, it must've been hard to make a list of 200, you know, I, I, I know that it's hard to make a wedding list and then to take that list and then to, to, you know, cut out 75% of the people that must've been hard choices sitting down and choosing who comes and who goes. Yeah, for sure. They were, they were pretty disappointed, but especially because she's from this, this town we're in. And so there were a ton of people locally here, you know, who were right in town and still couldn't attend. Did, um, was it like live streamed? Was it broadcast on zoom or anything? Oh uh, yeah. No, this one wasn't. I've heard about people doing that, but this one wasn't. Okay. I've, I've watched, uh, I think two online weddings during this season. Um, and then this one that I'm doing in a couple of days, it's going to be broadcast. I think they were doing it on Facebook. Yeah. I know that a big part of this one was the video. So we, I had to wear like two separate microphones because they, they really wanted video. And I'm assuming that was for the sake of those people who couldn't attend. Yeah. Understandable. So, um, yeah, my question is like, so this, this is, we're not really Mike and Nick, the, the wedding planners here, <laughs> or the preachers. So, um, any, was there any difference in preaching, uh, during a COVID wedding than an ordinary wedding? And my question is, did you do Colossians three? Yeah, I did do Colossians three and, um, I had readers who, who came up and read the passage. So that was pretty normal. You know, everything I'd say from my end, there wasn't a big difference. You know, it's just the fact that you're looking out on, um, fewer people, of course, people wearing all matching masks, which is a bit weird, but by this point, we're all used to it. I'd say if you've been preaching, it, it felt a lot like preaching at a church on a Sunday. I wouldn't say it was, it was drastically different. Okay. So do you have any advice for me? I'm about to preach my first COVID wedding in like three days. Any, any advice for me or the listeners to the Expositors Collective podcast? Uh, no, you know, I think just maybe address the situation. I think there's always that elephant in the room thing. A situation, I mean, if they're making masks that match, that means that they're pretty self-aware about the situation as well. Uh, I would just address the situation lightheartedly. Um, but for the most part, I think if somebody's having their wedding right now, it means that they are trying to trying to keep moving on in spite of present circumstances, changing a lot of important things based on it. So I would say preach the gospel, preach the hope of the gospel, um, and that it's going to be very similar to church on Sunday, especially if you're recording. And, um, you know, so use the camera. You might want to talk to the couple how they want you to use the camera. Do they want you to look into it? Do they want you to ignore it? But that, that would be my only advice. I, I found it actually surprisingly normal. Huh. Yeah. Well, we've gotten used to a lot of, a lot of odd stuff. Um, you know, my, my next question, and I, I know the answer to this one, uh, did you preach the gospel? Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, I preached the gospel so much that I was like, had to had to uh, keep telling myself in my head, okay, remember this is a wedding, and uh, uh, you know not to, but yeah, over and over, 
my my general I generally kind of stick to a, a pretty similar outline. I don't change it up a whole lot. I stick to that Colossians three, unless they ask me to preach a different passage or, or focus on a different text. And in that passage, you know, my whole point is that the that marriage is a reenactment of the gospel, and so it, it just tees me up really about the gospel and to talk about you know how marriage then gives us an opportunity to to reenact it or to live it out to mirror it uh, fantastic well i remember from our our earlier conversation you know uh my practice is as i talk to the couple i kind of ask their permission to say would it be okay with you if i shared the gospel with the, with your guests and then you said that you actually just tell the couple that you're going to <laughs> yeah do that's that's just my take on it which is hey if you're asking me as a like i said in colorado our laws are such that you don't have to have anybody anybody do it for you at all so if you if they're going out of their way to ask a a christian minister to uh, do their wedding i i think that it's kind of my prerogative to tell them what i'm that i'm going to share the gospel right right yeah well, that's, that's cool. Well, as my, I'm still on a solid streak. Everybody that I ask says yes. So <laughs> I haven't had that. Okay, opportunity. that's good. That's good. Well, what are you preaching on, Mark? Uh, guess. One guess. One guess? Uh, yeah. Ephesians 5. No, no. The other one. <laughs> oh, no. What's the other one? 1 Corinthians 13. Um, oh yeah so See, i i reference it in mind did you okay all right yeah yeah so i'm 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 doing that like you know i always give the couple that you know to say hey you can just choose whatever you like if there's a special passage for you you know and they they couldn't think of anything they said oh yeah well you know how about the love chapter and i was like are you sure it's not really about romantic love and they said yeah well just do it anyway and i said okay so that's what i'm doing it's a uh, old it. faithful yeah uh, yeah. But yeah, so that's that's it. I guess that's the the second half of this uh this podcast. So we talked about marriage in kind of ide- uh, sorry, wedding sermons in ideal situations earlier in the year. And then now here we are in very yeah. odd times where it's the, you know, the same gospel that's need to go out, go out, you know, for both of us, the same sermon <laughs> that's going out again and yeah. again. Um but yeah, I, I find it just really surprising or or yeah, pretty neat, I guess, that you and I are both back doing weddings again, even in the very same week. So I thought it'd be worth it to yeah. catch up and have a little addendum to this uh, wedding podcast. Perfect. All right. So, oh, last question. Did you like, do you like stay for dinner or do you like, how does that work? Do you get like an automatic dinner invite? What's up with that? Yeah. Good question. So Yes, usually I always uh, do, and they, especially here in the U.S., you know, I'm not sure what you guys do in Ireland, but here in the U.S., they always want the minister to pray for the meal. So there have been times where I wasn't even invited to the reception. Yeah. But they would still have me come and, like, hang out while everybody sat down and then pray and then leave. Uh, in this <laughs> one, I didn't do that because, yeah. In this one, I didn't do that at all because uh, they were limited once again on the number of people who were allowed in the venue for the reception. And okay. so uh, they even, my family came to town uh, just for the wedding. We were already planning to be here, but uh, my wife and kids couldn't come to the ceremony yesterday and nor could we attend the reception because 
then then numbers are limited. And so uh, usually, yes, but yeah, it was another thing that was different with COVID was that I wasn't able to attend the reception at all. Oh, man. Man. Well, this wedding that I'm doing, it's actually in a hotel, which is like one block away from my office. And so, um, so I do have, a. It's I'm, I'm invited, not my family to the, to the dinner. Um, so I, and there's the, always that gap between the wedding ceremony and then the actual dinner where no one really knows what to do. So I'm, mm. I'm stoked, man. I just get to go to my office and read a book and then reemerge for the free meal. It's uh it's an interesting <laughs> dream come true. Uh, there you go. Yeah, so I, I'm glad yours went well, and uh, I hope that mine does too. And I hope that all the preachers out there that are maybe cautiously dipping back into weddings, um, hope it goes well for all you guys. Yeah, I hope so. Okay, cool. Thanks so much, Nick. Uh, have a great day. You too. Well, hey, thanks for listening to this episode on weddings. You know, you got two, really two interviews for the price of one. You got to hear, you know, me and Nick back when the world looked bright and uh, everything seemed like 2020 was going to be a normal year. And then you got us just last week, you know, weathered, worn, weary. Um, and, And you know what? Why should we stop at two interviews? Here at the end, if you've listened all the way to the end, Here's just a little bonus um, content from my daughter, Rosie, and she's going to talk about weddings as well. Okay, honey. Hi, I'm Rosie, and I've I've lots of times been flower girls with my mama and my dad when we go to, like, hotels for weddings. And it's kind of fun once you think of it, but you have to walk really slow. And that's my baby brother, and he wants to ruin everything, I think. Yeah, so Rosie, you said it's important that you walk slow, huh? Yeah, you have to walk slow, and you need to, like, be graceful, and you need to, like, watch your steps, and make sure that that everything's, like, really, really good, and, like, the petals are, like, only on the like carpet uh, my brother dad's just gonna get him away from me while i finish everything up what weddings have you been like i've been in ashley and harrison's and all my m- mom and dad's friends and they're my friends too and, uh, like, I've been part of some of my, 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 like, families, like, cousins and aunts and some, like, some of this. Right, Dada? Uh, yeah, I'm back. What did I miss? Uh, you know. You have to make sure that all the petals are on the, you know. Yeah. Yeah, do you want to talk about, like, sometimes, like, didn't at one wedding, didn't you do all the petals too early? And then you ran out of them by the time you got to the the bride and groom? No. And then once, didn't you 
you no. tried to overcompensate and you were too conservative? <laughs> no, 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 it, it was the other way around. Okay. I did a few on the carpet and then rest it. Yeah. At the front. So the advice that you would give to other flower girls is that you should have what? Even petal distribution. Is that is that right? No! <laughs> well, actually, yes. <laughs> I don't even know what that word is. So you got to make sure that all the petals come out. Um, you, you know, like you take a step, you throw some petals. You take a step, you throw some petals. Is that right? Yeah, you have to like one slow step, throw a handful of petals. One small step and throw some petals. You know the rest because I'm just going to say that word over and over and over and it might become boring yeah just listening to that word yeah okay well this might be the end any other advice for like flower girls or any other advice for just you know thoughts about weddings like one more advice like if you're a flower girl or like if you're like a bridegroom or a, you know like bridesmaid or groomsman yeah, or maybe just flower girl, just walk very slow and throw petals, walk, throw petals, walk. It's a good pattern. Yeah. Oh, hey, I thought of something. Last question. What? What's it like to like stand up front for the whole wedding ceremony? So you walk and do the petals and that's, that's easy. And then you have to stand up there while everyone talks and daddy preaches a sermon. What's well, that like? I actually will sit down for most of the time on a chair. Yeah, in the front row? Yep. Okay. With some of my friends, because, like, the grown-ups are my friends. Like, I know most of everyone there. Yeah. Because they're all, like, church people, huh? Yep. <laughs> I, like, if it's in my church, I know every single name. Like, if it, they're not new. Yeah. I know, like, because I'm the pastor's daughter. Daddy is the pastor. <laughs> okay, sweetie. Why don't you thank people for listening to the Expositors Collective podcast? Thank you. And it's a good thing because thank you for watching this podcast. And it's a good thing we're ending it because Finn is coming in. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Finn, say hi. Hey. Okay.